the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Welcome to Disciples Pathway Ministries, a mobile ministry with Minister Robbie E. Lilly. Disciples Pathway Ministry is a mobile ministry advancing the kingdom of God so that no one is left behind when Jesus Christ, our King of Kings, returns for his great church. Good afternoon, family. This is Minister Dion. You got me today. My mother sends you her love. She sends you all her prayers. She is lifting you guys up. She wants you guys to remain encouraged. And today is a is a very touchy day for me because this message has been lingering about has been lingering about in my in my spirit. And I feel like, you know, many will be blessed by what it is that has to be said today. But before we get into it all, I would like to pray for you guys. Father God, this day we lift you up. We just want to exalt, extol, and speak well of you. Father God, forgive us of our sins and trespasses, that we come before you with clear consciences and pure hearts. Let your word fall upon good ground. Give us all knowledge, wisdom, and understanding of your word. Remove any hindrance or distractions. Father, Lord, how we love you and we thank you in Jesus name. Amen and amen. So, family, I want you to tune in here because this will resonate with you all. If not now, it will. And I want to talk about giving today. I want to talk about specifically the gift of giving to the givers out there. I take you all into Matthew chapter 6, verse 1. It reads, and I'm going to be reading from the New Living Translation, where it says, watch out. Don't do your good deeds publicly to be admired by others, for you will lose the reward from your Father in heaven. When you give to someone in need, Don't do as the hypocrites do, blowing trumpets in the synagogues and streets to call attention to their acts of charity. I tell you the truth. They have received all the reward they will ever get. But when you give to someone in need, don't let your left hand know what your right hand is doing. Give your gifts in private and your father who sees everything will reward you in public. Amen. Thank you, Father, for the reading of your word. I like various different versions of the Bible because it just the changing or the switching of the synonymous text here, you can come to a, a different understanding or it can read a little bit more clear or it may hit a little bit more firmly. So I'm going to read part of that of what I just read coming from the message version. Be especially careful when you are trying to be good so that you don't make a performance out of it. 
it might be a good theater, but the God who made you won't be applauding. <laughs> Doesn't that sound different, family? So what that brought to my heart was beware of the praise that comes from your giving. Beware of the praise that comes from your giving. How does this praise present itself? It can be the calling of your name where your phone will never stop ringing. Somebody's always reaching out to you or reaching out for you. It can be the corporate applause or elevation where you you meet the quotas and you're doing all things that are called of you from that organization or that institution and they're applauding you and elevating you and trying to promote you here there and when the bible says that promotion does not come from the east or from the west but it comes from i the lord that i give some water to water and some seed seed to sow but the increase comes from me or what about people always reaching out for your hand my mother always told me when we were young if they will Keep reaching out for your hand as little G God. They will never reach out for the hand of the almighty God. He who stands with his hand stretched out to an obstinate and disobedient people. What about praise and the, fa- and, and, and the fact that it, it can feed the male ego or feed the female ego? The male ego being the provider that we naturally are. The female ego being the nurturer that we that that females naturally are what about the praise and tallying the cost quid pro quo you owe me because i did this for you and now you trump who is jehovah's skin new god our righteousness the god of justice when he says my scales are just i'm the only one that can measure the appropriate righteous mount righteous amount of justice but you tallying the cost for yourself surely you will have your reward from man but you must remember that i am a faithful rewarder who promised so these are various different these are various different points of praise that can be endowed unto man by other men simply by our giving again Matthews chapter six, verse one in the message version, it said the applauding. It might be good theater, but the God who made you won't be applauding. When we do our acts of giving, it's in a way of rendering a performance. We are called to give. Jesus said it's better to give than it is to receive. We ought to want to give. We ought to want to perform and be fruitful, but we got to be careful of the heart that we do this with. We must understand that it is his word that is going to perform and prosper. I'm going to give you guys a practical illustration. Let's go to theater or performance arts. It is the actor or the actress's or the host's ability to embody the character that the director prescribed the quality of a performance, the quality of a movie, the quality of a show is going to be based on the host's ability to embody the character that the director has prescribed or scripted for them. This is why God says my word cannot return to me void because his word wraps up his character. 
And I cannot deny myself. And I am not man that I have to lie, nor the son of man that I have to repent. So when his word goes forth, his character goes forth. And don't you know, family, as you've heard in times past that your character precedes you. So before the foundations of the world, God has spoke. Before the foundations of the world, God had already put these things into place. So now that the foundations of the world are here, his character had already preceded him from the beginning. And so now we see the performance of our God and his word in his hand based off of what was done before time. Because, again, he cannot lie. He cannot deceive himself. He will not send any illusions unto us. These things that you see now have already been done before it was done. Because my character preceded me in this. I take you all to the book of Jeremiah. Chapter one, I begin reading at verse four. I'm going to be reading from the New King James Version here. Then the word of the Lord came to me saying. Before I formed you in the womb, I knew you. <laughs> Y'all see what I'm saying, family? Before you were born, I sanctified you. I ordained you a prophet to the nations. God's character over Jeremiah preceded him before Jeremiah even was. Verse six. Then I said, ah, Lord God, Jeremiah speaking here. Behold, I cannot speak for I am a youth. But the Lord said to me, do not say I am a youth for you shall go to all to whom I send you. And whatever I command you, you shall speak. Do not be afraid of their faces for I am with you to deliver you, says the Lord. Verse 9, then the Lord put forth his hand and touched my mouth. And the Lord said to me, behold, I have put my words in your mouth, my character in your mouth. See, I have this day set you over the nations and over the kingdoms to root out and to pull down, to destroy and to throw down, to build and to plant. Moreover, the word of the Lord came to me saying, moreover, the word of the Lord came to me saying, Jeremiah, what do you see? And I see a branch of an almond tree. And then the Lord said to me, you have seen well, for I am ready to perform my word. You see, family, that statement that Jeremiah made, I am a youth. But he was merely looking at where he was. And he was trying to attribute his character and his ability to his current state. Because all he's seen of his character was a child. But what God seen was not Jeremiah. It was what Jer is not what Jeremiah seen in his character, but it's what God had already seen of himself before Jeremiah was. This is why he said it's going to be my word that you speak. It is going to be in my word that you do. It's going to be in my word that you go. It's going to be in my word that I command you. It's going to be by my hand that I touch your mouth that you're able to speak and not that of yourself. So do away what you think of yourself because my thoughts towards you are greater because your thoughts are not my thoughts, neither your ways, my way. 
So this is why everything that we do in our giving must be done unto the name of Jesus, who is the word. According to John, in the beginning was the word and the word was with God and the word was God. He was in the beginning with God and all things were made through him and without him. Nothing was made that was made in him was life and the life was the light of men and the light shines in the darkness and the darkness did not comprehend it. Jesus is the word. Jesus is God's character and compensation. This is why the Bible says that in, in him dwell the three Godheads, God, the father, God, the son, God, the Holy Spirit, God, the father who selects God, the son who saves and the God, the Holy Spirit, who seals all that are one and one in all. Another practical example is almost think about a survey. When we take surveys, they may give us a character limit. And as you see now, all the character is, is a word. <laughs> That's all the character is. This is why when a man gives his word, the Bible says, let your yes be yes and your no be no. Because when your yes is yes and your, or your no is no, your character is going to go out ahead. And whatever is spoken, so shall it be. That's why everybody hates a broken promise. Because you have already sent the word out ahead. And that word appoints a time for the act to come in behind it. And now we end up at disappointment. So speaking of, let me talk to you about some selfish giving. How the enemy attack and hide himself and his agenda behind your good deeds. Remember, the snake was lingering around the tree of the knowledge of good and evil. So don't think that. All that Satan knows is evil because he has the full knowledge of goodness, too. But here are some signs. Here are some lights that ought to go off on your dashboard when it comes to your giving. I'm going to give you three. Here's one. All exertion and no restoration. All exertion. And no restoration. When you find yourself giving and giving and giving and you reach to the point where you didn't gave all that you have to give. That's how you know that what you have to give, God didn't give you to give. Because if God gave it to you to give it, then he can be able to restore it back unto you. Because when you give what God gives you to give, he says, I'm going to multiply it. So next time you give, you're probably going to have more to give. So when you find yourself giving Giving, 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 and you are giving in and giving up and giving out, but there is no restoration. That's how you got to know that the giving that you gave is the end of that, end of that of yourself. Selfish giving. Number two, misplaced expectations. When I give, I expect to see something come out. So if I give to this man or if I give to this woman or if I give to this ex this institution, expectations are is the word literally means the state or condition of seeing something come out. You want to see something come out of what you gave the seed that you planted. You want to see the tree. You want to see the, the fruit come out of what you gave. And so when you don't see that come out. Or you see it come out in very little as compared to what you sold in very much. That is a misplaced expectation. As in God didn't give it to you to give to that entity or to that person in a way that's going to be fruitful. As in God is not going to give to you and not measure it back to you the way that you gave it. 
Because he's faithful. He's a God of justice. His scales do not imbalance at no point in time. So whatever he's giving you to give, it's going to be measured back unto you in the appropriate portion to where you can be satisfied. But if you continue to find yourself unsatisfied, your expectations have been falsely placed. Number three, disappointments, as we just mentioned above. As in when you give or you speak a word, now there's a point in time that that word is going to be turned into an action or that noun turned into a verb. And when that appointment is not met, you become disappointed. So if your life and giving is filled with all exertion and no restoration, misplaced expectations and disappointments, that's how you got to know that the giving that you are giving with is from a selfish place. There is such thing as doing something selfless with selfish ambition. I take you guys to Romans 5, chapter 20, uh, Romans 5, verses 20, 21. Moreover, the law entered that the offense might abound, but where sin abounding, where sin is abounded, grace abounded much more. So that as sin reigned in death, even so grace might reign through righteousness to eternal life through Jesus Christ, our Lord. Where sin abounded, grace abounded much more. The reason I'm taking you guys to that Bible verse because the the root the Semitic root word and grace, the word grace is rooted in the word giving in the Semitic language. Grace and giving goes hand in hand. Grace is the noun, giving is the verb of grace. Grace is what it is. Giving is it in rotation. So when you see grace Grace is going to oftentimes be followed up with giving. So we're going to say this. I'm going to paint this picture for you, family. Grace is an atmosphere. Grace all began in Eden. Eden cannot be found today physically because Eden was not a physical place. Eden was an atmosphere. We have atmospheres within ourselves. We're not our body and we're not even our soul. We're spirit beings. Our souls are the atmosphere by which we go forth. Some of us may have a Texas atmosphere where it's hot, humid, 100 degrees every day of the year. Some may have a Rocky Mountain, Colorado atmosphere where the air is thinner. Some may have a Upper East Coast or a Desert Land atmosphere. We're all composed of different atmospheres, but God's agenda is try to get Eden's atmosphere into us. Because when you operate in Eden's atmosphere, now we can operate in grace. Because it's by grace, through faith, that you've been saved. And the reason that we have the gift of giving is for the purposes of salvation. Follow me, family. I best heard it coined by Dr. Tony Evans. He defined grace as God's inexhaustible supply of goodness that he does for us what we cannot do for ourselves. It is unmerited favor where God does for us what we do not deserve, could never earn and can never repay. Grace is free. Grace is free. But in the Bible, Paul calls it the law of liberty. Grace is 
and liberty comes by a law. There are things that govern this freedom that you have. It kind of doesn't make sense to say, how can I be free but yet have boundaries? Because we said it before, God will put limitations around you to show you how limitless he is within those limitations. Because if God was to show you all that he is in boundlessness, you wouldn't be able to even fathom. You'll be standing in awe or like the angels that just bow before him day in and day out saying, holy, holy, holy is the Lamb of God. Grace is a gift. And here's where a gift is mishandled. It's we have the ability or we pride ourselves on our ability to give or we secretly pride ourselves on the ability to give, but we lack the ability to receive. Again, don't get me wrong. It is greater, the Bible says, Jesus says, to give than it is to receive. But it is necessary to receive. Because, again, I can only give unto you what God has given unto me. So if God has given it unto me, I had to first receive it from him in order to disperse it towards you. So a lot of times givers find themselves in this in this in this bind because my ability to give is so powerful that it trumps my ability to receive. Thus, you run out because you run out of supply. It's almost like a grocery store. If that grocery store is not continuing to be resupplied from its different organizations, then that grocery store will eventually run out of what it has to give. So we have to have the ability to receive. What is it in particular that we need to receive? forgiveness <laughs> this is where the atmosphere of grace has its full power this is where we can live freely go freely come come by eat drink without no money how we can come into that place of eating and live our life and be fruitful as god has called us to be fruitful we have to receive Forgiveness, because if we are able to receive forgiveness, we can disperse a forgiveness. So if you found if you find yourself in a place where your inability, where you have an inability, or the enemy has seduced you into taking vengeance into your own hand, and you cannot forgive, that means that you have not received forgiveness, and that means you cannot operate with what God. Is giving you from that place of grace that he's called of you. Which is why you're ready to give up, give in, and give out. Because forgiveness is what God has given beforehand because of his character. His character, family. It's not about us, it's about our Lord. And Savior, who came for us, who died for us, who bled for us, who the chastisement of our peace was upon him, who was bruised, who was whipped, beer was pulled from him, pierced, hung, drugged, bled, mocked, scourged. We have to come into a place of forgiveness, family. Then from that place, 
And only from that place can we be who God has called us to be. Let us not think of ourselves as Jeremiah thought of himself. But let us enter into the mind and the thoughts and the heart of God over our life. Who has spoken over our life. Whose character has preceded our life family. And if you are ready to receive and fully receive of that forgiveness and entering unto the salvation that he's provided, please repeat this prayer after me. Lord, I am a sinner in need of a savior. I believe you hung, bled, and died in my place. You, the son of God, then rose and is now seated at the right hand of the Father. Lord Jesus, you are welcomed in this place of my heart. May your spirit never depart. Receive me as I receive you this day. In your holy name we pray. Amen and amen. Family, if you just utter those words, heaven is rejoicing. Welcome into the family. Get yourself around a Bible-believing community. Saturate, submerge, and surround yourself with the things of God. He has more for you than what you think. Family, we love you. And until next time, one voice, I speak life. Three-star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal record to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.